Today on the news and why it matters, despite Mitt Romney's vote to convict, President Trump has been formally acquitted. Also, the Iowa caucus continues to be a huge disaster for the Democrats. And a new poll indicates an overwhelming majority of Americans are actually really happy with their lives. We've got a lot coming up today, and it starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez today on a very special one hour episode of the news and why it matters. We were very lucky to uh, to steal Glenn Beck for uh, this hour long show, even though he is very busy preparing behind the scenes for the new special tonight. Tonight, tonight at uh, seven o'clock. You do not want to miss this one. Final piece. Uh, and um, it's time for the Republicans to go on the offense. Enough defense. Now it's time to go on the offense, and it's time to do the people's work and answer the billion-dollar question, what happened to our money? Tonight, we'll answer it. Mm. Uh, we've also got Stuber Gear, host of Stu Does America, which officially starts next week. Until I change it, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, wait, you keep changing it. Keep people on their toes. But yeah, it'll be uh, Monday. Okay. So. Awesome. Awesome. Make sure to subscribe to that uh, as well on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And we've got TheBlaze.com's own Aaron Colin. Thank you for being here, gentlemen. Great journalist. Uh, you, he really is. Thank you. Uh, no, not, not you. you. <laughs> oh. You have a show. Can I get my credit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we get into the program, we would like to thank our sponsor, Books. Valentine's Day obviously is around the corner the end of next week, so don't forget it. And I know you probably may you maybe have a wife in your life or a lady in your life who's like, Valentine's Day. I don't, don't get me anything. I don't need anything. Don't fall for that trap, okay? She still wants something, and quite frankly, she still deserves something. All right. What about so, the guys in your life? What do we just. Do you want flowers? Are we just meat puppets to you? Is that all we are? Just play things to women? I'm sick of it, Stu, aren't <laughs> You're you? Sick of being objectified? I'm, I'm tired of being objectified. <laughs> I, I get up and I work so hard to look like this every day. For what? So you can come home and, and forget about me on Valentine's Day? So for the uh, special men in your life, if you'd like to send some flowers to the men in your life as well, the Books Company has you covered. That is, of course, B-O-U-Q-S, as in bouquets of flowers. They offer farm-fresh flowers for next or same-day delivery. Um, I sent some to my mom a couple weeks ago, and they were gorgeous, and she kept sending me pictures. Like, a week later, they still looked the same. They were absolutely gorgeous. Uh, you can get 25% off of your entire purchase if you go to books.com slash blaze. That is B-O-U-Q-S dot com slash blaze. If you use code blaze, you will get 25% off. Send them to your wife. Send them to your husband, as Glenn pointed out. Uh, send them don't. to your, <laughs> send them to your I mean, mom. Unless you're a gay couple, then it maybe, maybe, <laughs> I don't know, but most guys don't send me flowers. So if you like flowers or if you know <laughs> someone that hamburger. likes flowers, send me a hamburger, send me a steak. You can go to books.com <laughs> slash blaze with offer code blaze for 25 percent off. Uh, so, of course, President Trump was formally acquitted yesterday in the Senate uh, despite Mitt Romney's vote to convict. He was obviously the only Republican, the lone Republican that did that. I want to get, gentlemen, your thoughts on that, but let's go ahead and play uh, a clip of Mitt Romney talking about why he chose to convict President Trump. Watch. As a senator juror, I swore an oath before God to exercise impartial justice. I am profoundly religious. My faith is at the heart of who I am. 
I take an oath before God as enormously consequential. The grave question the Constitution tasks senators to answer is whether the president committed an act so extreme and egregious that it rises to the level of a high crime and misdemeanor. Yes, he did. Were I to ignore the evidence that has been presented and disregard what I believe my oath and the Constitution demands of me for the sake of a partisan end, it would, I fear, expose my character to history's rebuke and the censure of my own conscience. Glenn, your thoughts? Uh, I can't judge a man's religious belief. Um, I think Romney, this is a really carefully parsed here. I think Romney is a good man. I think he tries to be a good man. I think he tries to live to a higher standard. Um, and I want to believe him there. He seems very sincere. So how can you convict a man for having a belief in something? However, when it comes to the pure evidence, I really don't understand it. Mm -hmm. um, his, his reasoning behind it is flawed. He's got it wrong. Um, and uh, I, I just don't see it. I also don't know why he was telling many members up to this weekend that he was going to vote to acquit. He wanted the hear he wanted to hear the witnesses, but he was going to vote to acquit. Uh, I, I, uh, I think he's looking more to history judging him standing next to Donald Trump and how's Donald Trump going to be um, r r revealed later in history, which will be horrible because, you know, nobody who likes him is writing the history books. And so Mitt Romney will not have his name associated with that. I think that's possible. I think it's possible that his wife was very uh, anti-Donald Trump and said, you're going to vote yes for that pig, um, that piggish man, uh, and all that he's done and all he's done to the family and yada, yada, yada. And um, I think that's also a possibility. I can't judge his heart, uh, but he never ceases to disappoint. Yeah, Stu, he did seem pretty genuine. He, the yeah. minute he held, he was kind of choked up. He kind of waited, held back some tears before he continued. Yeah, I mean, some some Republicans have kind of put it this on him, and like he's taken the easy way out. Now the media is going to fawn over him for a week, and they will probably for a week. But they'll but go is, back to him tying yeah. dogs to cars. Well, right, right around and, the corner. And the fawning is hilarious because I mean, how often does he vote with President Trump? Right, like eighty-one percent of the time. Or yeah, something like he's that. yeah, still. But in lockstep pretty solid pretty closely and they they'll turn on him obviously the second that he can i i do think it was this was actually the harder thing for him to I do, do. i mean it's easy you know like there's a lot of people who have had questions about donald trump and voted to acquit him mm -hmm. um but like just because it's hard doesn't mean it's right like mm -hmm. i mean you know if you're gonna cross a uh 12 lane highway the easy thing is to take a bridge and the the hard thing is to get on the ground and roll across and hope you make it it doesn't make it the hard thing any any value isn't valuable to anybody um here i think the evidence overwhelmingly aligns with the president um you know he, mitt romney if he truly believes that that he should convict he should have voted that way mm -hmm. and uh, he is a, an elected official, and this is his role under the Constitution to actually think about these things. I think um, you look at the 100 senators, there's definitely a bunch of Democratic senators who did not believe that he should be con uh, 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 convicted on right. this. Mm -hmm. And there are definitely a bunch of Republicans who thought he should be convicted. Like, 
the fact that is almost ex- exclusively partisan is just embarrassing. But it also shows the brilliance of the founders who said set this at 67 votes for a reason. It hasn't happened in, in American history. It would have to be incredibly egregious for it to occur, and that is the right way for an impeachment to be handled. Yeah. Aaron, I want to get your thoughts. Um, I want to bring in, though, Rick Gorka, the former traveling press secretary for Mitt Romney um, from his 2012 presidential campaign. Mm. He tweeted about this, and he said that he believes, he said, I believe Mitt Romney is motivated by bitterness and jealousy that Donald Trump accomplished what he has failed to do multiple times. His desire to pander to the chattering class has gotten the best of him again. These are the same people that hated Mitt in 2012, and they will hate him again when they are done with him. It is sad to see that Mitt has not learned the lessons from 2012. Now he has betrayed his party and millions of voters. I think Mitt Romney is smart enough to understand that the media is not going to stick with him long term because he does this. I do think it is the harder vote to make because there's a lot of scrutiny that's going to come to him. There's a lot of people who are going to say he should leave the party because he voted against Donald Trump. If he really believed that what Trump did was as bad as he says it is, and he should have voted that way. I was kind of bothered by the senators who were going so far to say this was shameful, this was terrible what he did, this was wrong. But then you vote to acquit. So because it's not necessarily impeachable, impeachable. to be shameful sure. and, and wrong. But it, uh, t- I guess to me, if you want to make a very big show of thinking how bad it is, you know, if, why does your conviction say that it, it should be, he should be acquitted? I just think it. I think it's okay if Mitt Romney thinks it's that bad, mm-hmm. then he should vote that way. I don't agree with that, mm-hmm. but I, I'm okay with him doing it for whatever reason. Even if it is out of, you know, if it's out of bitterness and jealousy, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I will take him at his word because I don't have any reason to believe otherwise. But I think it's okay. It's it's not a consequential vote. It didn't cause him to be convicted. So I think the party is strong enough not to freak out about the fact that one person went against it. You know, it's okay. He's doing it for his own reasons. So certainly, certainly, if the right is going to criticize the left for always just being a team, right, and not thinking for themselves and not doing the moral thing, we have to be willing to tolerate when someone within our own ranks decides for whatever moral reason that yeah. they don't agree. I don't. I don't like the idea that when you vote against the masses, you must be thrown out. I don't think I don't that's like healthy that for politics. And I think that's what we're seeing all through this impeachment is that every time somebody steps out of line, get them out of the party. That's not I how it's supposed it's, to work. I think it's really petty to not like Romney because of this vote when there's so much on the table to not like him for. <laughs> uh, I mean, really? Just, yeah, there is just... Example after example after example of him being a spineless jellyfish when it comes to real uh, conservative principles. I, I, I am, find myself strangely in a place that I still admire the man that I know of certain things about. You know, I know his life in certain aspects, and I admire that. But I despise him politically. Well, that, isn't that where we should be? I mean, for instance... A lot of people actually, the, the uh, State of the Union was a good example of this. A lot of people that didn't stand up and cheer on certain things, they believe exactly the same thing. Yeah. They like that politically, yeah. but because they despise him, they won't. Well, well that's got to stop. It's got to stop. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't matter. If a dirtbag has a good idea, well, the dirtbag had a really good idea. If the great guy has a bad idea, the, the, you know, it was a bad idea and I still like you, but it was a bad right, idea. Make it about values, not about personalities. And right. People. Make it about right. principles, values, and ideas. Yeah. Um, Glenn, before we go to break, just an interesting tidbit I noticed, like a six degrees of separation from Ukraine. 
that uh, one of Mitt Romney's advisor, a top Mitt Romney advisor in 2011, his name is Joseph Kofer Black, uh, actually joined Burisma's board of directors while Hunter Biden was serving on Burisma's board. I just, maybe you can't tell me, maybe you can. Is this guy involved in the special at all tonight? No, or? he's, okay, no, I just he's not. To, he's not. I just but wondered maybe he if, should be. I, may, I wondered if maybe yeah. that affected Mitt Romney's vote. No, the, the I will tell you, the special tonight is... Um, uh, is is really truly a high crime and misdemeanor. Um, it is something that needs to be explored. I spoke to uh, several people while I was up for the State of the Union um, that actually can do things in committees, and the response was uh, anything from you. You can't. You have the documents to prove this. Yes, I have the documents to bring you to the water. Only the Treasury Department can make you drink. Um, but I can bring you to the water on it. And the rest of them were, were anything, uh, all of them were, if, if this is true, this is a gigantic scandal. And it allows you to think that Hunter Biden and even Joe Biden, to some degree, were doing it because they thought it was the patriotic thing to do. Hmm. Any, any coincidence to the fact that uh, Chuck Grassley and Ron Johnson are no. asking the Secret Service for records on, Joe, no. on Hunter Biden? No. Hmm. They are, uh, this is going to be opened. This is going to be opened one way or another. Mm. All right. Don't forget, it is Ukraine, the final piece. You can watch it uh, on Blaze TV, on YouTube. We're doing it uh, in front of the paywall. We want everyone to be able to see it. It is at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central tonight. Don't miss it. Back in a minute. very next day, of course, after being acquitted, President Trump went to the uh, National Prayer Breakfast, and he had a lot to say. He was a little amped up. Uh, this was, of course, before his official statement where he went and thanked his whole legal team. But he took a couple shots, namely at uh, Mitt Romney and Nancy Pelosi. Watch. Our great country and your president have been put through a terrible ordeal by some very dishonest and corrupt people. They have done everything possible to destroy us and by so doing very badly hurt our nation. They know what they are doing is wrong, but they put themselves far ahead of our great country. Weeks ago and again yesterday, courageous Republican politicians and leaders had the wisdom, fortitude, and strength to do what everyone knows was right. I don't like people who use their faith as justification for doing what they know is wrong. Nor do I like people who say, I pray for you when they know that that's not so. So many people have been hurt, and we can't let that go on. 
oh, it's like you just want him to go, no, just don't, no, don't ruin it. Don't ruin it. Glenn? Uh, if the I'm praying for you is Mitt Romney. I think the praying Pelosi. for you was Pelosi, Pelosi? because yeah. she's, remember, she oh, said, yeah. I'm a I Catholic. I don't believe that in us. Yeah. I'm a Catholic. I pray for the president. <laughs> I agree with him. On but that. using, uh, when he said using your faith to, you know, do something even when you know it's wrong. That's Romney. That was Romney. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I, I think you're getting into the territory of judging people's uh, heart. And maybe, maybe, I mean, you have to, with, with Pelosi, at least for me, it's a little easier because her lifelong actions, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, her lifelong actions show differently. But a lot of people could say that about me. Mm. Um, we and do. So you <laughs> say it all the time. We were just talking really? about that. Yeah, we had a long just... conversation about it. I, would, I didn't have anything to make boss. So, uh, uh, you know, I just, I'm uncomfortable with that. And I'll imagine a few people in the room were uncomfortable with that. I don't like judging people's spiritual mm -hmm. side. I mean, Nancy Pelosi could be Mother Teresa inside, and just I've never seen it. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I think Mitt Romney actually does have a personal relationship, and I think he does pray for people. I know I prayed for Obama every day of my life during his administration. Every day I prayed for him, sincerely. Um, and because uh, it helped me. It was selfish, but it helped me. Uh, and um, and I, I, I don't want to judge. I, I, that makes me uncomfortable. I wish he would just stay on the message of the State of the Union. Yeah, I mean, right, Stu, he had the amazing State of the Union address then the very next day, he gets acquitted. He's riding high. But this is why say something now. He's, this is this did not look like an ad lib. I think he read every word. Yeah, that word was prompter. That. So there's a speechwriter that wrote that. That was not him going off the reservation. Somebody no. thought that was smart. I would yeah. imagine it was not the same writer as the State of the Union yeah. address. <laughs> I mean, he could have directed the speechwriter to write something like that or dictated it. Uh, he's been known to do that as well. Um, you know, look, I think it, especially the National Prayer Breakfast is not the time really to take mm. shots at other people's faith. It's kind of a <laughs> weird vibe. Um, but I, I think you're right. It's like, you know, look, Nancy Pelosi is a terrible person in every way that I have to judge human beings. Like, mm. she's just awful. Mm. Mitt Romney is, you know, I'm, I'm not in love with Mitt Romney either, frankly. Um, but, you know, like, I don't know that that's a good spot for it. I think it's much more beneficial for him to say, look. I don't know what Romney's thing is. I don't know if he's mad at me because I didn't give him a secretary of state. Whatever it is, I disagree with him, and so did everybody else on, in the party. Mm -hmm. He's the one guy that broke ranks, and, you know, like, if he believes that, good for him. That's his role as a senator. He can do whatever he wants. That being said, we're moving on because we were acquitted. I got a giant, you know, USA Today. It says acquitted on it, and we're going to move on. I'm going to keep get back to work for the American people. That's what he should Clinton. say, but that's not who he is. It's not Donald Trump. You no, know, he's, he, we talked about it on the air today. I don't know if you've you've read any Shakespeare, but if you're going to try to kill the king, you better make sure he's dead because he's going to get you. And I think Donald Trump is that kind of guy. He will not forget with Romney. I think last year when I was at the State of the Union, there was still some bounce in his step with the left. He was like, oh, come on. I mean, a couple of times he looked at them and like, come on, you can applaud for that. And there was still a little bit of joy in his heart teasing. Not this year. Um, they 
hate him and he has no tolerance for them. Yeah. Uh, one more thing on this, just uh, would benefit Donald Trump, I believe, to not trash every single person he disagrees with publicly. Mm-hmm. It's like he keeps doing this to everybody who leaves his office and then they come out and they write books about him and it causes him more problems. He comes out and every time, you know, he, uh, you know, this is another example with Romney where like Romney and him went back and forth. Romney took tons of shots at him. He took tons of shots back. We all know that. Um, He did the thing where he brought him to dinner and acted like he was going to, you know, hire him for secretary of state that no one believes, including us at the time, believed he would actually do it. Sort of embarrassed him. Um, Did that play into Romney? Romney would tell you absolutely not. He would say, this is all about my faith and my conscience and blah, 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 blah. But he's also a human being. Mm. Um, And to see someone, you know, if, if you... He, he took these, uh, the, you know, the endorsements and he, in, he endorsed back and he, uh, they had this relationship and, and then all of a sudden uh, this stuff happens. You have this chance to make this big statement. Uh, would I be surprised if it's somewhere in the back of his head as he's doing it? I would say, I would say probably not. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I think that there's this, there's a good lesson to learn that you don't bash people for no reason. Um, because I, they I, do wind up a lot of times, and this goes all the way back to the intelligence gathering operation mm-hmm. that wound up with this whole thing that started all of this, right? He, the first thing he was doing as he was getting in office is like, oh, they're basically Nazis. Well, now, you know, years later, he pays the price for those things. It's just bad practice. You know, if he was just a little bit more like just you're the president of the United States. Stop caring about this. Stop caring. So can you I can't. just disagree just a little bit? No. <laughs> um, I knew you'd say that. I'm such a fascist. Um, there is something to be said. Um, the, the, this is dangerous, literally dangerous territory. Washington is no longer just a cesspool. I think mm-hmm. Washington is becoming dangerous. And, um, uh, you know, he bashes everybody. But I will tell you that when, you know, I, I think his philosophy may be, it may be better to be feared than loved. Um, even though I think he would love to be loved by everybody, he, he understands fear. Um, and uh, that has kept a lot of people from taking any kind of weak shots at him. You don't go at, you don't throw a punch to a guy that you know pulls a gun every time. You just don't. And if you really have something to say, you get a few people to bring guns and you gun him down. You don't throw a punch because he's going to shoot you. I think there's something to be said. He had a press conference that was just after that prayer breakfast. Maybe take that prayer breakfast and don't use that as the platform to attack, to question faith, to do things like that. People liked what they saw at the State of the Union. People liked the focus on the positive, the focus on the future, not addressing the impeachment, not getting in the mud. That doesn't mean you have to be weak towards your opponents, but there is something to be said, especially if we're talking from a faith perspective, to showing some grace publicly, to not always taking the shot that you may be justified in taking. Maybe you don't always have to take it, and especially in that context. I think we do need some forums where there's some sort of unity or peace or something to where we're not always constantly bashing each other, not always constantly in the fight, because it's, there's a place for it. It's always going to be there, but we can take a break from it every now and then, maybe at a prayer breakfast, to not make it a political you know, rivalry in that, in that forum. Yeah. That's my opinion. Uh, you know, the Democrats are saying, well, he will be impeached forever. And then the Republicans came back and said, well, he'll be acquitted forever, too. Well, Adam Schiff <laughs> disagrees because he says that, uh, OK, well, maybe it didn't work out this time. But we're going to go back to the drawing board and figure out how else we can get this president impeached. Watch. But you're leaving the door open. 
Well, I, I'm not uh, saying one way or another. I really uh, can't underscore enough that we did not look beyond the end of this trial. Uh, and so what we'll do is we'll get together as a caucus with our leadership and discuss uh, what the future holds, but we were not prepared to make any judgments about that. I hope they do it. I hope they do another investigation. <laughs> Adler said they're they probably going to try to subpoena Bolton and keep investigating. It's it's ongoing. They're not stopping. Stu had a great point oh. in Bolton today. You were talking on radio today about how you're rooting for the Bolton book now. Meaning, <laughs> uh, oh, okay, what were you were saying about that, that they're going to subpoena, and if it really was about the truth, oh yeah, then he will go and he will say, "I'm not going to testify." Okay. Uh, if it's about the truth, he'll say, I will testify. Right, yeah, yeah. But if it's okay. not about the truth, if it's about selling the book, right. he's not going to do that because why do that? Wait for the book. I don't want it. I want it all <laughs> in context. context. I want blah, blah, point. blah. So we're going to know whether it was he's about the, the truth book. or the book. He's if he chooses the book. Yeah, because, I mean, he, look, he doesn't, there's never, never anything that limited him to testifying just in front of the Senate if they allowed right. mis- witnesses. That's why also it was such a bad and fake effort from the Democrats mm-hmm. in the first place to call him and then, you know, oh, no, we don't really want to hear from him. And then the only thing that would make America whole is to hear from him a couple of weeks later. It's a, it was a ridiculous pitch. And I think that's how people will look back at this at the end. Not just, you know, yes, the president has this little tag of impeachment which means what? I mean, I, did it mean anything to Bill Clinton? They, they embraced him for years and years and years after it. The only thing that it really means, I think, I, people will look back at this and see, it was at least an example of, and hopefully not the beginning of an era, of partisan impeachment whenever the other side gets the House. Because that's what this felt like. From the beginning, they didn't have any any evidence. They didn't have anything. They, they decided to go through. They didn't, get what, uh, they didn't get what they wanted out of the Mueller report. I think they thought they were going to get a lot more. And so they picked the next thing that popped up and just ran with it as if it was super serious and hoped they could ram it through before the American people really had time to process it. Mm-hmm. It didn't work, thankfully, um, partially because of the design of, the, of the, uh, this whole process by the founders. It didn't wind up working to take him out of office. But, I mean, I, I, can you imagine? I mean, like, if Bernie Sanders becomes president and the Republicans get the House, you're telling me he's not going to be impeached over something? They're going to be constantly looking for whatever they can possibly grasp onto to throw that impeachment out there just as a political sort of smear. Yeah. The only thing that's protecting us right now is, is it doesn't seem to work. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, it's like this that might the, discourage him. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it may just not be a tactic that's successful. So maybe it, that's probably our best defense against it at this point. Yeah. All right. The disaster in Iowa continues when we mm. come back. When do we hear? When are they projecting now? I mean, they're at 97 percent now. I know. They've well, been not, stuck that's there. Not Hey, dog moms and dads, uh, did you know that dry dog food, you buy it, right? And you're like, this lasts forever. Well, that's awesome, but it's also terrible because uh, the way that they make it last forever is they sterilize the food when they make it and they kill everything that's alive in the pet's food, the stuff that they need, like enzymes, uh, probiotics, vitamins, all the healthy minerals, they're killing in the food and you're paying probably top dollar for it. Uh, That is where you need Rough Greens uh, by Vitasmart. Now, it's not a dog food. It's a supplement that you put into your dog's food, and it brings back all of those live nutrients that your dog needs for superior health. Uh, Also, if you have a really picky eater, like Glenn, Glenn's dog Uno, is uh, he's a really picky eater. They started giving him rough greens and he is he like races to the bowl now to eat it um, because it's not 
dead, dry food. It's actually the live nutrients that he needs. Uh, if you care about your dog, you want the best for them, you want them to be in superior health, you want them to thrive again, you got to go to roughgreens.com slash blaze. That is R-U-F-F greens.com slash blaze. You can call 833-MY-DOG-33. Again, even if you're buying the most expensive food on the market, if it's dry dog food, you're missing out on all of the nutrients your dog needs. They really need this. It is roughgreens.com slash blaze, or you can call 833-MY-DOG-33. So uh, Iowa continues to be a disaster to the Democrats, which I personally find highly amusing. It's pretty fun. <laughs> it's really fun to watch. Uh, Democratic National Committee Chair Tom Perez is now calling on the Democrat officials to immediately re-canvas the caucus vote because uh, all of the inconsistencies found in the data. He said enough is enough in light of the problems that have emerged in the implementation of the delegate selection plan. And in order to assure public confidence in the results, I'm calling on the Iowa Democratic Party to immediately begin a re-canvas. Now, that's, of course, a double checking of the vote. So... Iowa officials would have to hand audit all of the caucus worksheets and reporting forms to ensure that they were correctly calculated and reported, which essentially means completely starting over again from scratch. Um, Stu, I know we were just talking about this off air. Um, The numbers don't appear to have changed all day. Yeah. This morning, same numbers as we have this afternoon. Yeah, we're up to about 97% now reporting, but there's been no additional information over the past, uh, you know, 12 hours almost, um, at least. And, you know, so you have a a situation where Pete Buttigieg still leads, but it's gotten a lot closer. Uh, He was up by a couple points initially. Um, Now it's 26.2 to 26.1 when it comes to the uh, percentage of uh, uh, statewide delegate equivalents, which is the main thing that they judge uh, Iowa on. And it's also a very dumb thing to judge Iowa on. I think like one of the clear things that you find out at the end is that uh, Bernie's idea of announcing a popular vote is probably just a good idea. And they should probably just go back to to that. And I don't don't know that you're going to see another Iowa caucus to the way that that it's been uh, seen for so many years because this is a disaster. Um, Bernie won that vote by, I think, 6,000 votes when he came out, uh, that initial popular vote. Mm-hmm. They go in, they talk to each other, they take the uh, other candidates out that don't, aren't viable or above 15%, and then they reassign them to other places. Uh, what Bernie still won, the second uh, vote count. So he won the most votes, there's no doubt about that, in Iowa. When it comes down to the statewide delicate equivalence, he is in second by a tenth of a point. And I think by the end of this, he'll actually be in first there as well. Um, one of the big things he did was invest in these, sat- they call them satellite caucuses, and you know they were in like kind of different locations and uh, different languages and things like that. He dumped a lot of resources into that. They had a higher representation among the delegates, and it ha- helped him come back at, uh, as they've counted these votes. He's now right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a little bit of uh, nerdy Excel sheet work here. You. On, on, I know. <laughs> Shocking. Can you go to Iowa? And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I know. That would really, it's really tough. Um, but looking at what is left uh, out there, it appears that Bernie is going to have enough to get his number eventually over Buttigieg by a very small amount. That doesn't matter, as I will be long gone by the time they actually figure out who won this. Um, it's gonna, we're going to be through uh, New Hampshire, probably going to be through Nevada by the time they actually figure this out. One of the funny things is, I mean, Buttigieg, if he won, didn't get the bounce, he probably should have. Yeah. And he would have probably received even coming in second, to be honest about it, uh, considering that's a surprising result. 
usually the bounce doesn't happen necessarily of where you finish in, in the uh, rankings. It happens as to wh- what, how you did it as far as re- uh, relevant, uh, relevant to, uh, uh, or excuse me, relative to expectations. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Bernie, you know, like Buttigieg finishing fourth wouldn't have necessarily killed a Buttigieg campaign. It's kind of where people thought he might finish. Right. Biden finishing fourth is really hurt him. You've seen all the follow-up polls. Uh, Biden's tanking. He's taking the day off, too. Uh, yeah, and it's not good. I, I honestly am kind of of the opinion if, if, if the New Hampshire thing doesn't come through next week, he might just drop out. Really? Um, I think he might be gone early. He doesn't have a lot of money. Um, you know, he's never been good at raising money. And if he's not the guy who's the national front runner, he's certainly not going to be raising it as it goes away. I, I think there's a good chance that he only lasts another week in this thing. If, if, if New Hampshire goes as badly, if he finishes fourth or fifth in New Hampshire, mm-hmm. I think he might be hitting the road. Yeah, I think I saw uh, Giancarlo. He tweeted, Giancarlo Sopo, our other writer, um, he tweeted that nobody has finished below second in Iowa and New Hampshire and gone on to win the nomination. So Biden finishing fourth in Iowa, mm-hmm. he's got to finish probably top two in New Hampshire. Otherwise, Donors are not going to go to him. Nobody's going to believe in him. People are going to get behind a winner. A lot of people are already saying that Buttigieg is kind of the alternative to Biden, the sort of younger, maybe more energetic, more enthusiastic, a little bit more progressive. So it's really important for Biden to bounce back. I think it would have been really important for Buttigieg to get that moment of saying, I really want Iowa, that big blowout moment where he can say, I'm a for real front runner. And he tried to claim it, but it's not. it doesn't really have the impact because nobody believes the results. Yeah, because, well, because Sanders is claiming it too. Yeah, you're talking about 0.1%. And so if you've got all these little precincts where people are messing up Excel spreadsheets <laughs> and they can't count votes and they're losing papers, how do you know what that 0.1% is? I mean, even when they're finished with this, we're not going to really feel confident about it. But like you said, it's probably not going to matter as we get through these other primaries. Mm-hmm. I think people will look at the 97% that we have and they'll kind of vote based on that down the road and we'll see how it goes. And I think Sander, I think Buttigieg got the bump as if he won. Yeah, the New Hampshire polls show that he's gotten a boost. I mean, Sanders is still in the lead, but uh, what he got an overall nine point boost uh, since Monday. Yeah. So, and, I mean, you know, mostly at Biden's uh, expense. Yeah. As well. So let me give these numbers really quickly. Sanders is at 31 percent in New Hampshire. Buttigieg, 21 percent. Biden and Warren are tied at 12 and Klobuchar is at 11. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, Klobuchar beating Biden, I think, ends this campaign. If she can Her being even close is really is embarrassing really for him. It's That's really very rough. bad. Um, I think, you know, this is a uh, you know, remember. Sanders beat Clinton by over 20 points in New Hampshire last time. So he is a, I mean, Warren lost be- by what, less than a percent in Iowa? Yeah, he's very, very close in Iowa. If you go to um, New Hampshire, you know, he's the next state over, but so is Warren. I mean, really, Warren should be considering dropping out if she can't win either mm-hmm. one of these first two states. I don't think that's going to happen necessarily with her. But I mean, if you are the Democrats, I, 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 asking you guys the same question, but it's like if you're a Democrat, I think you probably want to run a Buttigieg. Because Buttigieg is like, it's something new. He's young. He's obviously the smartest of all these candidates. You know, he has his, he has his own set of problems. Um, but you, they certainly will like the fact, the intersectional uh, value of, of having the first gay president that they're, that they're running, even if he doesn't win. Yeah. And he does stand as a real contrast to Donald Trump. Where like Biden and Sanders are sort of Trumpian, right? Like they're both they're both they have totally different policies, mm-hmm. but they're they're kind of loud and they're kind of uh, you know I don't know I mean they're both kind of all over the board at times. 
where Buttigieg is the total opposite. I mean, the contrast on stage between a 73-year-old, or whatever Trump is, and a you know, 38-year-old, yeah, yeah. um, you have that. You'd have, um, you know, a, a really sort of like, you know, McKinsey sort of spoken uh, consultant voice guy as compared to, you know, kind of Trump with the disheveled tie and all that. Uh, you know, I don't know that Trump would be as good at as rattling a Buttigieg as he would a, as a Warren or, uh, you know, a Biden, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a Sanders. Yeah, Pete has shown kind of an ability in these debates to sort of stay above the fray and not really get into the weeds. And so he may be a little bit more composed on that debate stage. His experience is so low. But I think at this point, <laughs> the mean, Democrats will probably look at it and say, well, that's the, le- our, that's the least bad bad thing of all these candidates. Look at yeah. our last two presidents. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, Barack Obama had some experience, but not Very a little. lot. Yeah. Right. I mean, Donald he Trump a, had a, none. A mayor. I mean, it's just he's so right. he's so young, and he, his record and the job that he had in politics is not great. But <laughs> it, it really would be a personality choice for them to say, okay, this is what we're going to put forward as our image for the future of the country, and we're going to just hope that people rally around that. Might I? Let me play devil's advocate for a second before we go to break. Do you think that, I mean, the Democrats have to get the black vote in order to win, right? How does Pete Buttigieg get that, especially when you see Donald Trump, who has all of these numbers that he can tout that to say, hey, I'm actually working for the black community? Yeah, it's a really fascinating part of this. I mean, you know, Buttigieg, they say there's a poll out that says 41 percent of black voters don't feel comfortable with a gay presidential candidate. Does that hold when he's the actual candidate? Yeah. I, I don't so. think, I think... I think that narrative yeah. has been kind of overblown. Yeah, I, I think, think so, too. I think whoever the nominee is, I think they'll, by default, get at least probably 80% of the black vote, just by default. We're all right. just already on our teams. But if it's only... If it's their team, then... Honestly, if it's only 80, though, that's a, that would be great that would for be significant Trump. for Trump. Yeah, and I, I think Trump could make a dent here. I mean, the, you know, there's all these uh, reports about conversations in the White House, and then, like, you know, people like Kushner and, and Trump and uh, some of the high-level people are just like, I don't understand why we're not winning more votes from African-Americans. And, you know, of course, the media is like, oh, well, I know why, because you're getting rid of all their food stamp programs and all the welfare. First of all, doesn't that sound completely racist like i think it is um but that's what they say is like well he's getting rid of all these programs he's blocking all these benefits but like the the point we're all supposed to agree to here is that if things are getting better for those people they don't need to be on them right right? like these programs are supposed to be last resorts they're supposed to be safety nets that's what we used to call them not supposed to like want to stay on them forever yeah like i saw someone on msnbc saying that like i you know he he vilified people for you know and he wants to rip them off of food stamps we all should want to rip everybody off of food and stamps. Really, the framing that's of the right. black vote around welfare and entitlements, it's insulting. Offensive. It's, yes. I mean, it's to, offensive. I mean, that's just not the way that many black people vote. So I appreciate you not letting I, Stu yeah. White explain it. I know. Yeah. I mean, you went straight to him for the black vote analysis, <laughs> and I was like, okay. No. I'm back in a minute. President <laughs> black correspondent, Stu. <laughs> that's me, you know. Well, Clinton was the first black president. There you so. go. It's true. <laughs> Nancy Pelosi uh, got a little bit testy, I know it's so unlike her, uh, during a morning press conference today after a CNN reporter questioned her message of dignity, you know, being that she just ripped up the president's State of the Union address on live national television. Here's what that exchange looked like. Did you often counsel your members to be dignified in their response yes. to take the high ground? Did you step on that message by tearing up? No, I did not. Union? No, I did not. I tore up a manifesto of mistruths. Well, it's very hard for us to get you to talk about the issues that we are working on 
um, HR3, infrastructure and the rest, <laughs> he misrepresented all of that. It was necessary to get the attention of the American people to say this is not true and this is how it affects you. And I don't need any lessons from anybody, especially the President of the United States, about dignity. Dignity. Is it okay to start saying four more years in the House of Representatives? It's just unheard of. Is it unheard of for the president to insult people there who don't share his view as well as to misrepresent, present falsehoods? Some would use the word lie. I don't like to use the word lie uh, about what he is saying. So, no, I think it was completely, entirely appropriate. And considering some of the other exuberances within me, the courteous thing to do. Oh, she she's awful. Awful. Was her microphone in a drainage pipe? What was the sound, <laughs> with the sound of that? That was weird. She I struggled mean, to get have, that manifesto of mistruths out. Oh, that was a tough one for when, the. Yeah. When you have the CNN reporter pushing back on something yeah. you did, oh, that's not a good yeah, was look That, that was Democrat. the uh, liberal hack, wasn't it? It was the liberal hack. Pushing back with the yeah. real question. Manu, was Manu Raja? Yeah. yeah. I mean, who's I mean, That's a little unfair. It's not really. It's like, of all the reporters, it's, uh, he wouldn't be the number one guy to pin that label on. But I mean, that's. Hey, a, I didn't say that. No, he didn't. He didn't didn't start the label. Guys, I didn't, yeah, I didn't make that up. Is that a Billy Joel song? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't start the... Um, so I think it's one of those things where I think there's a, a situation with Nancy Pelosi where she's really, really bad at this job that she has. Like, she's just walked into this job and she, as a public spokesperson. She may be great behind the scenes, although mm -hmm. the impeachment, I think, disproves that quite a bit. Um, but she's really bad at this. So my favorite part of this whole story is that they've now caught her on camera where she's actually pre-ripping the sides of the paper because she's worried her strength isn't enough to rip paper. <laughs> Those are some pretty solid pieces of paper. They were. Like they were. It was heavy stock. Not like laminated. <laughs> uh, it's so bad. And you don't so, want to botch that rip. You yeah. know, it really loses the effect. I know. And, she, of course, she had the manifesto of mistruths thing sure. completely yes. prepared before the speech even happened. She said it right after she left the floor. She's repeated it a hundred times because she thinks it's a good line. I mean, really break down that statement. If you were to put that statement um, on uh, on paper that you could theoretically rip if you pre-tour it a little bit um, and put it next to a Trump statement like it had a lot of similarities right like she's kind of meandering and she's you know she brings up the thing she says she doesn't want to say which is a very big Trump tactic where he'll be like look I don't want to call her fat but I mean a lot of people are calling her fat you know I mean? it's that tactic I don't like saying that but yeah, it's true it's true right like, and it's, it's very similar she is you know, this is all a game. Yeah. And I think the American people realize it. it's why the impeachment didn't feel real to anyone. Because everyone knows this is just a partisan game. They're all trying to get their little points in, get their time on TV. It's, it's embarrassing. Trump has a real way of getting her so off her game and losing her composure so much that yeah. she comes out of it looking bad. And you can tell when she's trying to answer for it. She doesn't really believe that that was a... I don't think she really believes that was a good thing to do. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's playing the way she wanted it to. When you've got CNN asking you, do you think that it was dignified? It, she was offended because she kind of feels convicted, like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. But Trump just gets under her skin in such a way that it, it blows her off of her message. And so she's rambling about HR3 and God knows what else. And it's not <laughs> effective. Well, who, who's that for? Nobody knows what those bills are. So uh, I would like to also point out I have been uh, writing with this amazing... Pen. It's beautiful. It is very it beautiful. Well, it actually it looks very similar to the uh, the impeachment pens that Nancy Pelosi uh, used, and it says Nancy Pelosi uh, sucks. 
So I don't like to use that word, the, but <laughs> there it is. A lot of people are saying it. I've heard people say that. That pin you know. says it right there. So, so uh, oh, oh my gosh, it says Stu does America on the other side. Who's Stu? Is that you? That is me. Oh, you yes. are the Stu. And I'll be doing America next week on Monday. So Whoa. At least that's the belief. I'm sorry. <laughs> can we show that on this network? I think we can. I think we can. We have clearance. It's not cable anymore. Uh, NancyPelosiSucksPen.com. Uh, if, uh, if you want to get a Nancy Pelosi Sucks Pen, uh, supplies are running out, and they will only be replenished if you keep buying them. So, keep <laughs> buying them. Eventually, That's how the free market I feel like works. She right is. She, did you? Get, is she getting a cut of these pen sales? It's incredible! <laughs> I swear, she's specifically running her life to sell more pens for this network. <laughs> like I, everything, she, she's in the news more than ever. She's doing more sucky things than ever. It's it really is fantastic. People are like, oh, I can't stand Nancy, Nancy Pelosi. I love her. She's going to put my kids through a college. <laughs> so I, I'm a huge fan. At this, you might want to expand your merchandise to different things. Too. I know. Seriously, why am I doing paper? shows? Nancy Pelosi should... sucks paper uh, yeah. that can't be ripped. I lo- oh, I love that. Let's we talk should, after. We can laminate it. Um, <laughs> it's, I, I do think that like she is so awful at doing this that it, it's comical. It's mm-hmm. comical. Um, so why not make fun of it with Nancy Pelosi sucks pen.com? Yeah, you got to go there and go. It actually is. It's a nice pen. It's a, you know, it's I was a really nice the one pen. thing I was worried about. It was like, is, you know, these pens are going to come suck. out are going to be like really crappy pens. I'd be like, uh, I don't. No, that might be no. Fitting, they're actually really nice. Yeah, they're really nice, and you control uh, your liberal family members, neighbors, friends, whatever the case may be. Nancy Pelosi sucksPen.com. Back in a minute. <laughs> you can cancel uh, overturn elections like crazy with these things. Some good news really quickly before we go. A new Gallup poll shows 9 in 10 Americans are satisfied with the way things are going in their personal life. This is a new high in their four-decade trend. The latest figure, uh, it beats the previous high of 88% recorded all the way back in 2003. Um, let's see, two in three Americans say they are very satisfied. That's also a new high. And high-income households, that's no surprise, Republicans and married adults the most satisfied. Huh. Suck it, all you people who say you have to stay single forever. I don't know why I just did that. I'm sorry if you're single. Angry. (laughs) I don't know why. Uh, You have to believe that that is good news for President Trump going into the 2020 election. People are happy, right? They don't want to change things. They're happy with their surroundings, their life. Why why make a big move? There's a new high, too, on what do people think the next year is going to be better. It's the highest they've ever measured. Wow. Number as well. I mean, look. This is, if you want to be a little negative on what I think has been a very good week for the president, um, if you want to be a tad negative, here we go. If that president from the State of the Union showed up from now till November, he'd win easily. Yeah. He'd have a 60% approval rating instead of being thrilled with a 49. Right. People will vote based on how their personal lives are going, unless you give them a reason not to. So yeah. Yeah. connect your presidency to the good things and don't mess it up. That's yeah. how you win. Uh, yesterday's poll, what's more petty, Trump not shaking Pelosi's hand or Pelosi ripping up Trump's speech? Wow, 94% of you <laughs> said Pelosi ripping up Trump's speech. Uh, 6% said Trump refusing the handshake. We thought it was going to be higher, actually. We thought it was going to be like 98 and 99%. <laughs> So some of you failed us. Uh, today's poll, should the people of Utah recall Mitt Romney? I come no, on. The come guy on. was Let's... doing what he thought was right. He's the same guy you voted for. Uh, He's the same guy. Yeah. yeah I, you shouldn't I'm... have voted for him maybe in the first <laughs> right, place. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think you recall him over this. No. Don't, don't vote for him again, though. Yeah. Don't vote for him it's again. It's going to be a while, though. He's uh, been for a while. Yeah. Don't forget... Tonight, Ukraine, the final piece. It starts at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. It is going to be on Blaze TV. It is going to be on YouTube. Uh, You've got to watch it. It's for free. All right. 
go to blazetv.com or YouTube. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.